0: This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. I'm so thankful again that you're watching. What I want to do is we kind of transition into the word today. What I want to do is I want to talk about overcoming... That so many of us battle with. I want to talk about overcoming fear. And it might be for you when you were just a little child that you were, that you were scared of storms. It might be that you were, when you were a teen that you were scared that you wouldn't make it or who you would marry. And today, now that you're older, you have these grown-up fears the, that you're afraid that the, that the economy might go down, that you might lose your job. And if you've lost a job, we fear that, will I get a new one? And I want to plug something in right here. If you are part of this local church and you've lost your job here recently, please reach out to us. Please, we can, we can pray with you. We can, might even give you some um, a direction to a new job. And, and we might even be able to help ourselves. So please reach out to us. But there's always things that we fear. You know, we fear that something's going to happen to one of our kids. We're afraid about this, this this, COVID-19 right now. We're afraid that will it harm us. We're afraid that, that my money won't be enough. And we fear that this might last longer, that I can make it, that I can take it. And we just don't know what to do in this season. And some of you right now are watching online from all over the United States, from right here, local, possibly even the world. And and you're, you might be afraid that, that your marriage might just fail. It could be that you're worried about the health of somebody that you love. What's going to happen if this next treatment doesn't work? And, and you might be like me today and you're so sick in mind that there's times where things are going so well that you say to yourself, well, things are going so good, I wonder what's going to happen next. That something bad is just about to happen because things just can't be this good. And I'm telling you at all different points in our life that we battle fear. And the good news today is, though, that God did not give us the fear. That didn't come from Him. Fear did not come from heaven. And as a matter of fact, the Word of God tells us just that. And our core verse today, found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want you to hear that again and today for god has not given you a spirit of fear but he has given you power he has given you love and he has given you a sound mind so what's that mean for us today if fear is not from god then we are not accepting anything that doesn't come from him so i will not accept fear in my life in any circumstance Whatever the world tries to tell me, whatever society tries to tell me, whatever my own mind sometimes tries to tell me, I will not allow fear to enter my mind because here's what happened. What comes into our mind comes out our lips. And I will not know fear because I don't want to speak fear. So I'm going to dispel that from my life completely and say that I choose not to fear. Why? Because my fear did not come from God fear doesn't come from God therefore by the help of God we will overcome the fear that's held us hostage some have said that fear is the opposite of faith and I would argue that fear is really faith in the wrong things today we're taking our faith out of the wrong things and we're going to put it back into the one who has never let you down we're going to put it back in the one for who has not given you a spirit of fear we, we all have fears, and some we like to admit, some like, you know, we don't. And, and people laugh at me all the time, and, and they share these, these horrible gifs and these um, videos with me about my fear of spiders. I hate spiders. They're probably the worst thing that, that walks this earth, these eight-legged, evil-looking, cringeworthy things. And it doesn't matter if they're really big or if they're really tiny. And you might be laughing right now even hearing me talk about it because you know it's true. Just last night as I was reading over my notes, this little spider jumped up on the couch. And I promise you, was running towards me. And I jumped right up, screamed at it, squished it real hard. And I, and, and I woke everybody up because there's this fear that I have of spiders. Some of you, it might be the fear of what I'm doing right now, talking in front of people, whether it be in the sanctuary where there's not very many today. It's new, kind of trying to preach to an empty crowd. But I know you're listening online. But you don't like to talk in front of other people. And, and I think God has a sense of humor because I was that way too. Speaking um, publicly like this was the last thing on my list in high school. This is something I didn't want to do. But God God kind of put this you know, in, in what he wanted me to do in this life. I've got a friend who doesn't like frogs. As odd, and, and she's probably watching online, and I love you to death, but she doesn't like frogs. I know people, my mom hates snakes. Can't stand snakes. Scared of snakes. I, I, I know somebody close to me, close friend who doesn't like clowns. Okay, so, real quick, the church that I was at before we moved here, the Northport Church of God, the staff used to love to make fun of the fact that I hate spiders. So the music pastor would go buy plastic, evil-looking creatures. And my office was upstairs, so, uh, you know, I was the only one up there. Nobody up there but me. Quiet, quiet, quiet. Nobody could bother me. But he loved to hide those spiders on the steps as I was walking up. He would take those little plastic things and hide them in my desk and put them on my bookshelf Put them in my seat, that middle drawer that pops out. There's one day I popped open the middle drawer and out jumped a spider. And I and and, and, and I hate them. We're out to lunch one day with the staff, and he's sitting in the front. I'm sitting in the back, and he takes a larger plastic one and he throws it on me. To which, as the truck is moving, I open the door of the truck and I toss that bad boy out because I don't like spiders. I hate them. We all have fears. And some of you, like myself, there's real, real fears. And I'm here to tell you today that if you're watching online with us, you're watching today by God's prompting to encounter His presence, to be transformed by His Word. And I'm telling you, some of you are going to hear this message today, and the prison door of fear will have been unlocked in your life, and you will walk out of this free. I need your faith, and I need your honesty today, because I truly believe that this is the brick wall that some of us hit against in our faith. And God today wants to set you free. Why? Because God has not given you a spirit of fear. That hasn't come from him, but he has given you power, love, and a sound mind. And today, I want to set the prison cell free. How's that happen? We're going to start simply by realizing what fear is. And if you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down. That fear is placing your faith in the what-ifs. It's placing your faith in the what-ifs. You see, we see this play out in Exodus chapter 4. To give you just a little bit of context of what's happened here, Moses was born a Hebrew. Raised. Most powerful man in the whole land. He lacked nothing, was raised with everything. One day, though, he saw an Egyptian slave, a slave master, kill one of his Hebrews. And he lost it. And he killed the man, ran for his life, and had an encounter on Mount Horeb with the very presence of God. And God speaks to him. And some of you know what, what, what happens here. The scripture says that the bush began to burn. And it looked like it was burning, but it was, not, it, 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 it was not being consumed. And the audible voice of the Lord said to him, I choose you to deliver my people from slavery and from bondage. And I want you to process this for just a moment. In the midst of the presence of God, hearing the audible voice of God, the first two words that Moses responds with is, he says, well, what if? His faith in that moment was placed on the what ifs of life. He's saying, God, I hear you talking to me, and I sense your presence. But can we just process through just because some of the worst case stuff that happens? You know, watch what he says in Exodus 4, um, starting in number one here. He says, then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. And so what does the Lord do? He shows them what's in his hand. He shows them that he has a staff. He shows them everything that he can do with that staff. But see, that wasn't enough because if you go down to verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent. Neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And then the Lord got on to Moses for just a tad bit. And he said, who made man's mouth? Almost as if to say, you're telling me that I can't get you through this. I've chosen you and appointed you to do this. And you have the audacity to tell me what if this happens. I promise you that if God says to do it, when you do it, you can do it under the power and the anointing of Jesus Christ. And if God has chosen you to do it, then you can and there's nothing that can stop you except yourself. You are the only one that can stop that. Because we let fear creep in. And fear tells us that we can't. So Moses was so consumed with the what ifs. Then later on, it consumed him so much that the the Bible tells me. But he said, oh my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. As if to say, God, I can't do it. Send somebody else. God, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't listen to me? What if they say, well, the Lord didn't appear? He's in the very presence of God Himself and He's gripped by thinking about the worst case scenario in His life. Do you do that ever? Is... Do you do things like where you're gripped so hard with the what ifs that you ask things like, What am I gonna do? Is something gonna happen to me? Is something gonna happen to my kids? We get so gripped with fear. Will I be able to, 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 to find a spouse? Will, will I be able to, to have kids? Will I be able to have a job that will last? And, and, and we worry about the worst case stuff. All oh, the COVID-19. I, I just worry that it's going to get me. And let me tell you something. There's a season to use wisdom. And there's a season to be wise. And that's a season that we're in right now. So we're not going to do things that, that is unwise. But at the same time, I will not fear this illness. I will not fear COVID-19. I will not. Why? Because the Lord Jesus doesn't give me fear. It doesn't come from him. He gives me a sound mind to use wisdom. So I will not fear. I will not fear. Your what ifs. Although they're not from God, they actually matter. Why is that? Because what you fear the most reveals what you value the most. Otherwise, you wouldn't be so obsessed with it. What you fear the most reveals what you value. If you're worried about your marriage, what's that mean that you value your marriage? If you fear losing your job, then you value being able to pay bills. If you are worried about your kids, guess what? You value your kids. Those are good things, but let me tell you something else that it does. Fear not only shows what you value, but it also reveals where you trust God the least. If I fear something's going to happen, then I'm not trusting God with that. What you fear the most does reveal what you value, but it unfortunately it also reveals where you're not trusting God. And what I'd like for you to do for just a moment is just process that. Because you can listen to what I'm saying today, but if you don't let the Holy Spirit go into your heart and allow yourself to be truly honest about where you struggle, You're going to come this close to being free and you're going to miss it because you haven't let the Holy Spirit come in and transform you to where you are not, where you do not fear about those things. Today, what I want us to do is I want us to give it to God. There is no sickness. There is no disease. There is no virus, no situation that God cannot overcome. God can overcome anything. And I want you to realize today, just like Moses, that he has already given you what you need in your hand. Everything he has given you, he's given you power. He's given you love. He's given you a sound mind. He has given you his word that can unlock peace in your life. He has given you a community of like-minded believers to give you encouragement. He has given you a self-empowering will that you can choose today not to worry about tomorrow. Why? Because God has gone before you to fight the battles. There is nothing to fear. So what I want you to do today is I want you to think about this question. I'm not trusting God with, and you choose what it is. What is it that you're not trusting God with? Put it in your phone. Write it down. Today, write it into the comments as you're listening online. Let us help you pray about it. There's a community of people watching right now that will help you pray right now for God to remove the fear. I want you to give it a name. Is it my children? Is it my health? Is it somebody that I love? Is it aging parents? Is it what's going to happen tomorrow? Is it money? Is it the virus? What is it? Write it down in the comments today. Why is this important? Let me tell you why. Because you cannot defeat what you will not define. If you will not define what you fear, then you cannot beat that. If you're gonna put your head in the sand and say it's not an issue, that you're never gonna be free, the moment you say, you know what, yes, God, this is what I fear, that's the first step to becoming free. Because the enemy will hold it against you as long as you keep it private. But the minute you release it to an army of prayer warriors, the enemy can't hold it against you anymore. So, right now, write it down what do you fear? And let us help you pray. We're going to define it today. So that the power of God can help us beat it. What is it? For some, the greatest fear is telling others what you fear. And I I'm, want I'm, I'm to get really honest right now with everybody watching. One of the greatest fears you might be even going through right now as I say this. Is I don't want to type it into, the, into this message box. Because I don't want other people to know what I fear. And as long as you do that, the enemy's going to hold you hostage to it. And I'm telling you, reveal. Reveal what you fear the most. Because the minute we do, the power of an army of people rising up together in prayer can pray with you in that moment. And that fear can be released in the name of Jesus. We have to beat this. I encourage you, write it down. And then as people write down their fears, let me encourage you today. When you see somebody write something down, everybody stop what you're doing and pray over that right now. We're going to pray it away today. And today I want to give you some practical things that we can do. How do we experience the power of God to be set free from my deepest fears? This is going to seem somewhat simple. But I promise you it's absolutely profound and life changing. And the first thing I want you to know is this. In order to overcome this fear, not only do we have to acknowledge it, but we're going to acknowledge our fear and choose to trust God anyway. Because if we just acknowledge the fear and dwell on the fear, the fear overwhelms us. But I'm going to acknowledge my fear and choose to trust God anyway. What am I saying? I'm not gonna close my eyes and say, This isn't happening to me. I don't have an issue with this. I'm totally fine in this area. No, we're going to be honest and say, you know what, I'm afraid, I struggle. My heart is heavy when it comes to this. And I'm just going to be real with God. You know why? Because He already knows. God already knows. He already knows what you fear. So why don't we just go ahead and be honest with Him anyway? He's simply waiting for me to catch up with what he already knows and say, God, I need your help. I struggle with this, but I'm choosing to trust you. Is that not exactly what David did? Think about it. David was anointed by Samuel to be the next king of Israel. But at the time, he wasn't king. Someone else was. His name was Saul. Saul gets wind of the fact that David's been anointed to be the next king, and everybody's talking about this guy. And any army that he goes against, he just beats. And Saul is super jealous, and he puts out a hit on David's life. And David's literally spending years hiding and running from Saul and his entire army, who's trying to kill him. Do you think that would qualify as a life of fear? I absolutely believe it does. There's somebody trying to hunt me down. But what did David choose to do? I want you to watch this in Psalms. It says, my adversaries pursue me all day long. In their pride, many are attacking me. When I am afraid, what's he do? I put my trust in you. And then I want you to notice what he says next. He says, in God... Whose word I praise. In God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Think about the very words. In God whose word I praise. In God I trust and am not afraid. Then he gets just a little bit cocky. And he says, well then what can mere mortals do to me? In God whose word I praise. You need to highlight that today. You need to be underlining that today. Every single moment from this point on in your life, when those fears begin to creep back into your mind, you need to look in the mirror and say, In God, not, my, not in my fears, but in God whom I trust. In God I am not afraid. In God I can overcome this. In God it won't hold me bondage anymore. What can mere mortals do to me? I'm not going to put my faith in my fear. I put my faith in him. Now when David says, what can mere mortals do to me? Let's be honest. What can Saul do to David? Well, number one, Saul's king. What do kings have? Kings have armies. What can armies do? They can hunt him down and kill him. But what can mere mortals do to me? Well, they can kill you, David. That's what they can do. But he says it in such a way to elude that, you know what? Nobody can really do anything. What's he saying? I believe this is the key. If your whole life, you process the events around you through the mindset of just this life on earth, you'll be gripped by fear. If you process everything through the paradigm of what's happening around you today, only from what you see, but faith is believing what you can't see, right? If I process everything over only what I can see, then I'll be gripped by fear. The moment you allow the Spirit of God to say, you know what, as a child of God, I'm actually a citizen of heaven. Heaven is actually my home. The things of God's presence and His power are what define me. And I'm just a temporary resident here. I've got a short term visa here on earth. I'm actually a resident of heaven. What's David saying? He's like, look, yes, you can pursue me. But you can't change the fact that my God still sits on the throne. You can hurt me. But you can't change the fact that my God still has purpose for my life. You can even kill me. But you can't change the fact that God's will will be done Period. I will not allow fear and what I see around me. I will believe that God is working on my behalf in the things that I cannot see. And I'm going to have faith believe that even though fear is trying to grip me, I'm releasing it today and saying, no, I'm not going to fear that anymore. That's what he's saying. What can mere mortals do to me? This is just, this world, this life that we're in is just a mist. Heaven is my home. And if you know Jesus, what do we do? We acknowledge it. We acknowledge the fear. We acknowledge what scares me. We acknowledge what grips me. But I choose to trust God anyway. I'm going to be honest with you today. My fear that I had growing up, and even since I've been here, my fear is that I am not enough. Some of you know my story and how I grew up. I grew up in a pastor's home. I grew up going to church all the time. And to be honest, really didn't appreciate the type of pastor and the type of preacher my dad was until I got into ministry. and, And I have feared in my life that I become a preacher and not a pastor. Because see, there's a difference between the two. I love people so much and I love so hard that when I feel like I disappoint someone, I feel like that I failed. I love the body of Christ so much that I pray for other churches to succeed. And see, there was a prophecy that was given over me that my ministry would be even greater than my dad's. Why? Because the foundation that he put in me. So not only am I scared now that I'm not going to be the pastor that I need to be, but now what if I, what if I just don't go through with what God's called me to, 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 to do? And what if I disappoint God? And, and what if I don't live up to who God says I am? And then when you start to believe that fear, it begins to trickle down to every aspect of your life. Well, if I can't do this, then maybe I can't be a good husband. Maybe I can't be a good dad. And, and what if what I bring home isn't, isn't enough to take care of my, of, 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 of my kids and my wife? And these were real fears, and it consumes us. That's why it's good encouragement sometimes it, it, when somebody just messages you and says, Hey, I just want you to know today that I love you, that you're awesome, that you've been on my mind today, I've been praying for you. Do you realize what type of encouragement that gives somebody? But when we believe this mindset that I'm not enough, I have to realize that in my flesh I'm not enough. And I've come to the understanding that in my flesh I am not enough. But that's why we rely on the power of God. Because I may not be enough, but in Him I am enough. In Him I can do all things. And in Him I can overcome fear. I can't do this by myself. There's some of us that we fear things about our life and what we're going to do and if this happens and if that happens. And, and I want to tell you today and even encourage you. We can't concern ourselves with the what ifs. All we need is the power of the living God. And here's what I'm having to tell myself all the time. How insulting is it to God? To say, God, you have provided for me my entire life. But I just don't believe that you can do it now. How insulting is that to God to believe that He's done it so many times before, but in our moment we say that He can't do it again. I'm telling you, my God is the God of again. He's the God of again and again and again and again. And if He did it yesterday, He can do it today, and He can do it tomorrow. And I'm telling you, if God has done it for you before, He can do it again. Don't ever fear You in your flesh might feel like you're not enough, but in Jesus Christ, you are enough. He is one who provides for me. So that's why I have to be honest and acknowledge the fear in my life and say, God, I know that I struggle with this, but I'm going to choose to trust you anyway. Number two, we're going to seek God until he takes away the fear. We're going to seek Him until He takes away the fear. We're going to press into Him. We're going to pursue Him until my fear is gone. And that's exactly what David did. The man who had everything to fear while he was alive, God removed it. Watch what He says. He says, I sought the Lord. And what did He do? He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. I want you to think about that with your fear today. The reality is that day that you wake up, and, and you feel fear begin to creep in. I want you to seek the Lord. Seek Him. And when you do, He will answer. And He will take away your fear. Did you know that 365 times in the Bible, God uses the phrase, fear not. 365 times. What do you think He's trying to say? One for every day of your life. You have something to say, I will not fear this any longer. I trust him. He's never failed me and he's never going to let me down. I want you to pour into his word like never before. I want you to worship daily. I want you to speak out loud God's word over your life. Slowly, God will begin to remove the fear. Let me ask you do you trust him? Do you trust God today? After I've seen what he's done in my life and after I've seen What he's done in in this church. And after what I've seen he's done in my home. You better believe I trust him. And I trust him with everything he has. So with everything that I am. So if the Bible tells me that he can take away my fear. If I seek him. Then you better believe I'm going to seek him every chance that I get. Because what the enemy meant for evil. God can turn for my good. Some of you are in this place right now where you're just not sure. Or you see God doing it in other people and question, can it happen to you? And I just want to tell you today, and I want to encourage you that healing is possible. Not only is the power of God sufficient to bring the broken pieces, to make this beautiful picture more beautiful than you could ever imagine. Although it might hurt sometimes, healing is possible. God has the power to make sure that your tomorrow is not a reflection of your past pain. I want you to know that God has the power to make you brand new, to put the pieces together, to redeem the pain of the past itself. You see, what the Bible says is what the enemy meant for evil. My God can turn for good. What? For those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. How does it happen? It happens by pressing into God like never ever before. I love the quote. This quote that says, we often glance at God but gaze at our circumstances. We often glance at God, but gaze at everything else. You see, we have it backwards. Because we should gaze everything that we have, our entire attention, everything that we are, we should be looking to heaven and looking to God because it is Him and only through Him that He can relieve the fear in my life. You see, that's what we'll have to do to to set free from this bondage of fear. And I believe that's what God wants for you, because what is fear? Listen, fear is putting the faith in the what-ifs. It reveals to you what you value the most, but it also reveals where you trust God the least. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to get real. We're going to acknowledge our fear. We're going to seek Him. We're going to trust Him, and then we're going to press into God until He removes that fear from us. This virus isn't something we should fear. We should be smart, and we should be wise, but I will. Will not fear it, because God didn't give me the spirit of fear. I want to leave you with the words of of, of um, uh, John Wesley today. If Seth, you can, you, you, you can come. You know, uh, John Wesley was a preacher from the 1700s, and and he says this, and I love this. He said, "I have never known more than fifteen minutes of fear." Never known any more than that. Whenever I feel fear, whenever I feel those emotions overtake me, I close my eyes. And I thank God that he's still on the throne. Reigning over everything. And I take comfort in his control over all the affairs of my life. Let me tell you something. God hasn't given you fear. But what he has given you is something you can take with you every single day in your life. Of love, of power, and a sound mind. And I believe some of you today are going to experience just that. And I want to thank him today for his goodness. I want to thank him for a love that we don't deserve. I want to thank him for a peace that passes all understanding. And I want to pray with you in in this moment that, that, that you... God would help us to be really honest with ourselves and be honest with you. And I want you to know that you're not alone. You're not alone. Yes, the Bible says that He's with us everywhere that we go. But I'm telling you what, there is a community of people, of ones who believe in Jesus that are with you holding hands with you locking arms with you believing with you you're not alone that you had, that you can have an army of people praying for you right now you know in the book of Romans Paul says that sin has a um, has, has a, um, a penalty it has a cost, it has a price and some of us may fear what's going to happen to us after we die and I want to tell you something. If you love Jesus and you've accepted Him into your heart, there's no, no thing to fear over where you're going to be because when you accept Christ, you will live in heaven with Him for all the days of your life. And I, our first altar kind of called today is I want us to be honest and admit that I don't know Jesus. That in my life I might have sinned. In my life, I've done things that I probably shouldn't have. And I know that there's a penalty for my sin, but I know, God, that you went before you sent your son, Jesus, to go before me, and he paid the price for my sin. He paid the penalty for my sin so that I wouldn't have to endure the pain. So I'm telling you today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, now's the best time. Accept him. Accept him to be the Lord of your life accept Jesus in, because there is no greater love that you can ever experience that comes from from the one who laid down his own life for his friends I'm telling you and I want to pray with you right now if you're watching online and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior I want to pray with you I want you to accept Jesus Christ and if you do that today if you say pastor I, I accepted Jesus or if you say pastor I've done it before life has happened and I've done some things since then and I want to rededicate my life to Christ now's the best time to I want you to let us know because I want us to rejoice with you angels are rejoicing in heaven but I want to rejoice with you too for when one lost soul gets saved thousands of angels rejoice so if that's you today let us know but let me pray with you real quick And I I pray, though, with everything in me that you accept, Jesus. Lord God, I thank you for every soul that might be praying this prayer right now. For any lost soul, Jesus, that's coming to know you. I pray that salvation enter their heart and that you take the broken pieces and you, you, you make them into a beautiful picture. You make them brand new today. Lord, that you cleanse us from all sin from everything in us that should not be there, God, I pray that you take it away and we invite you to be the Lord of our life. God, we thank you. We praise you for that right there. And it's in your name I pray. Amen and amen. And I'm so blessed and thankful today for anybody that might have given their heart back to Jesus. Please comment online today if you you did that. But then today, lastly, And then we'll sing a worship song and we'll close. But you might be watching it today and you say, Pastor, I will admit fear. I've allowed fear to grip me. And like we mentioned, it could be your marriage. It could be your children. It could be your job. It could be your money. You could have anxious thoughts all the time of what if I don't make it? Maybe it's other loved ones that you've been praying for and you have fear. Maybe it's for a a son or a a daughter that you have that doesn't know Jesus. And you fear that life will be gone before they have a chance to, to make it right with Him. You say, Pastor, I've been anxious and I've held fear in my life. Can I encourage you? Fear does not come from God. No, give it to Him today. And if you say, Pastor, I am ready to release my fear to Him and let a peace that passes all understanding enter into into, into, into my life so that I don't have to worry about it anymore, let us know. Comment that that's you. Comment that you are letting your fear go. I, I, I need you to make it public that you will not fear this anymore. And as you're home today, I pray that you'd worship with us during this last prayer and that you'd worship with us during this last song we love you and we are praying for you every single day and if there's anything that we can ever do to help you please let us know but I want to tell you again fear not fear not fear not fear not God has not given you a spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind